We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. Ezekiel chapter 16. Are you ready? This is uh, God talking to uh, the prophet Ezekiel and he's telling him to give him a warning, uh, talking to the, the Jerusalem, telling the children of Israel. And, um, you know, sometimes you just need a reminder. You know what I'm talking about? You ever just go through something in life and you get to a place where you're going, my God, I don't know if I got much more in me. Amen. You feel like, I don't have much energy. I mean, even though I'm going as hard and fast as I can go, and, and, and it never seems like you're going, and you feel like you're just running on the treadmill and you're just not going anywhere, and, and then life just deals you a blow or just something just knocks you off balance, and you're looking for something more. And sometimes you just need an encouraging word. Well, you can always leave it up to the Lord to come and encourage you. But sometimes when he gives you an encouragement and he takes you from a place to a place in your transition of life, and maybe you're different than me, but my experience has always been, I don't know how to go from here to there, mountain to mountain, without having to go through a valley. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I wish it was just a hop, skip, and a jump, but sometimes it just seems like a hop, and then you fall. And when I say fall, you're just down and out sometimes for a while, thinking, God, is this ever going to change? Do I ever see the light at the end of the tunnel? Lord, what is really happening here? And if you're not careful, you can get so discouraged that you just get down on yourself, but you gotta know where you are in your seasons. And those who wait upon the Lord, he will renew your strength. You will, your strength will renew. It just don't feel like strength at the time. And there's times in our life that we have to have just reminders of what the Lord is doing and what the Lord has done for us. He's talking to the children of Israel and he says, thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem. Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. As for your nativity, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut. You, you were, not only were you born on the wrong side, you were connected to the wrong side and stayed connected to the wrong side. You were destined for, 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 for trouble. You were destined to do things different and wrong. Nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt nor wrapped in swaddling clothes. No, I pitied you to do any of these things for you, you, have com you have, to have compassion on you, but you were thrown out into the open field when you yourself were loathed on the day that you were born. But when I passed by, I passed by you and I saw you struggling in your own blood. I said to you, in your blood, I said to you, God says to them, in your situation. I said to you in the midst of your, everybody turning against you. I said to you against what everybody was thinking about you, even what you were thinking about yourself. You saw yourself not going forward, you were going backward, you felt like you were dying, you felt like giving up, you felt like it's over, what am I gonna do? You're, you're looking at your kids, your kids are spinning out of control because you're spinning out of control. And you're thinking, how can I make this thing different? What do I do different? How does it change? And you're going, I, I don't know how to fix it. And if you jump in and try to fix it, you can't. But God says, live. Amen. He sees you in your state. He sees you in your condition. He, even though your condition sometimes overwhelms us with life, and it looks like we're going under, God sees you in the midst of that and says, live. Do you realize he prophesied over your life when you didn't even know how to prophesy over your own life? When you thought it was falling apart, when you thought it was over, God said live. Now the, the problem is, the challenge is, from the time he says live and the time you experience in living is some time. That's the challenge. 
But God looks at him and he says, look, when you were in your blood, you were cut, you were, you were still connected to, you were still doing things wrong, trying to figure out things in your own way. And I'm telling you, live. And even though I told you to live, you were still connected to the old way of living. The old way of trying to figure it out for yourself. The old way of demanding I should do right. Your wills and your wants and your, your do's and your don'ts. All your, my, my, based on my performance, God, the Lord says this. While you were sitting there trying to figure out, measuring your relationship with me based on what you've done right and what you've done wrong, I overlooked all your rights and I overlooked all your wrongs. And I said live. While you're still connected to your own performance, you're still got the umbilical cord to the old way of life, the old man, even though you're a new creature, you're still connected to the old man because you're choosing to base your decisions and my goodness based on your performance. And the Lord says, live, live. Yes, I said to you, in your blood, in your mess, you might be in a mess here this morning. You might have just come out of a mess. You might be going ready to go into one. Whatever your situation and season of life is, I've got the good news. Whether you're connected at the cord to the old way of life, or you don't know which way to turn, God says live. And when he says live, he looks over his word to perform it. It's not just an option. He doesn't look at you and say, live, here's an option. He says live because it's a commandment that he's commanding, not for you to do better, for him to perform his word. That's not only a prophecy, it's a promise in your life. Live. You can do it. Not by doing better, but by believing he's gonna do it through you. Here's what he says. Live. I made you thrive like a plant in the field. You grew, matured, and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed, your hair grew, but you were, listen, you were naked and bare. When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed, your time was the time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you. And you became mine, says the Lord. Then I washed you in water. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood. And I anointed you with oil. I clothed you in embroidered clothes and gave you the sandals of badger skin. I clothed you with the fine linen and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments, put bracelets on your wrists and a chain on your neck. And I put a jewel in your nose, earrings in your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. Thus, you were adorned with gold and silver, and your clothing was of fine linen, silk and embroidered cloth. You ate pastry of fine flour, honey, and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. Your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty. Listen to this. For it was perfect through my splendor, which I had bestowed on you, says the Lord God. We can close right there. I can elaborate, but it says what it is. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. He comes right in the middle of your situation and circumstances, and he says, live. He not only makes you live, he causes you to rise up. He causes you to rise up and makes you beautiful. Beautiful. And you're going, I'm not, but I don't feel beautiful. It don't matter what you feel. 
It's a matter of how he made you. And the more you get to line up how you see, how he sees you, the more you start seeing your self-image change. Too many of us have our self-image based on the old way because we've been hurt and disappointed before. And we've got God as this judge or he's on this, he's up there watching everything that's going on and you're performing while he's holding up the cards going, you're doing a five today instead of a 10. I need to do a better, you do a better performance. It's not about your performance. It's about him and his relationship with you. He will look over his word to perform it. His word has never returned back to him void. It always accomplishes that which he set forth to accomplish. And I got good news for you. His word is Jesus the Christ. And Christ never will, nothing will fall to the ground. It always gonna come back to fruition for him because it's his word in us and the promise we have. I don't care what kind of mess you've made of your life. I don't care what kind of decisions that you've made that has created the situations and circumstances you've created yourself. I just know this. If you continue to stay connected to the cord, with the cord of the old way of life, the old performance living, the old way of trying to figure out, God, if I do well, will you bless me? If I do bad, will you curse me? I, get off all that stuff. It's not a matter of how good you are. It's how good he is. It's not a matter of how faithful you are, even though you should try to be faithful. It has nothing to do with that. It's how good he is and how faithful he is. The more revelation and understanding you get of his goodness, the better you'll be. The more understanding of his faithfulness, the more faithful you'll be. It doesn't work the other way. You don't prove yourself to achieve his faithfulness. He's faithful, now you can live out of his faithfulness and become faithful. He's so good, you can now live out of his goodness and become good. See, the church has taken on this identity crisis because we're still cut into this whole mold and, and, our, and we're connected to the old way of life. We've got the old covenant and the new covenant and we're mixing and mingling these things together and trying to get a, a result. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. It's got to become a place where we're living in this thing and we're seeing him for who he is and out of our understanding of who he is, a transformation takes place in us. It's not a mirror that we set over here and say, God, I see you are kind, now let me try to become kind and act kind. That's not how it works. Because if you could turn on kindness, you could turn off kindness. If you could turn on love, you could turn off love. If you could turn on self-control, you'll turn off self-control. The bottom line is, when you see him the way he is, he transforms you into his image. It's like being out in the sun. I say this all the time, it's like being out in the sun. You're not gonna be out in the sun, under the sun, and not walk away from some bird. When you're in his presence and in his revelation and the actuality of who he is, the truth of who he is, he then becomes transference on you. You can't help not to get what he is. And you begin to see people with compassion because guess what? I need compassion. When you see him as compassionate, you become compassionate to other people. You don't just look at people and say, I probably need to become kind, I need to be kind to them. No, you can't turn kindness, and kindness on and kindness off. You are either kind or not kind. See, the word of truth is to transfer, transform us into his image, to be like him. Not to imitate, to become. He didn't want us to be clones of Jesus. That's why he birthed us. We take on his DNA, we take on his characteristics. And the church world a lot is we're out here trying to live this thing outside in instead of the inside out world. And sometimes we just need to be reminded. I know what it was like when I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I know what it was like when I didn't have a, 
a place to turn. My life was falling apart. I didn't have the right words to say. Maybe you did. I didn't. I know what it was like. I know, I know what it feels like when, when things happen to you that you didn't expect happened to you and you didn't cause them to happen. They just happened because somebody else made a situation and a determination. I know what it's like to cause them myself by my own decisions. But regardless if you caused them or somebody else caused them, the issue still remains, I can get out of this one way. If I stay connected to the core of the old way, all I can do is the best I can measure up to. But the minute I cut that cord, and I come and I adapt into him and I take on who he is, I recognize that my nativity goes from my old way to his way. My new life goes from the old way to the new way. How do I do that practically? How do I function in life doing that? You have to understand and believe who he is, number one. He is not only just the alpha and the omega, he is the beginning and the end, right? It's a great song to sing and a great prayer to pray, but you've gotta know he begins and he ends. He authors, he finishes. If he authors and he finishes, he's also in the process, even when you can't see him. See, sometimes we hold on to the cord because we don't understand what he's doing in the process. But oh, in the process. I've never seen anybody transformed into his image at the beginning. I only see people transform in the process and discover who they become in the end. He is the beginning and the end. He's in the middle. And so many people wanna abort the process of change and transition of life. It's hard. I know what it's like. You know what it's like. You've been there. What am I, what am I gonna do? I don't see any way out. I don't, see any, I, don't, I don't know where to go. I don't know how this turns. You start forecasting and you start playing all these sequence of events in your head that you've never even come to in real life. And you're saying, well, if this happens, then that happens, then I'll do this and then that. If that don't happen, I don't know what I'm gonna do here. Stop all that. Amen. If you trust he's the author, yeah. you gotta trust he's the finisher. Yeah. If you trust he's the author and the finisher, you gotta trust that he's also in the middle of every situation that you're facing. He's not gonna leave you. And it's not desperate and it's not, because what happens is that the fear comes to us in the middle of the gap from the time it begins until the time it ends. Fear comes right here. Fear comes to wear you down, to cause you to, to doubt, cause you to look at him and say, God, where are you? Or better yet, take measures into your own hands to try to help God along. You been there? I've done it. And then God has to, in his grace, his mercy, he will have to undo what I did to help him out. Anybody been there? Oh yeah. God helped me get through it. I got through it. Now I created more problems for you, God. So now, Lord, not only do I want you to get me out of the jam I started with, I need you to get me out of the jam I created in the middle of the journey. And the lie of the devil will tell you that he won't do that because you got yourself in it. But I got news for you, he'll get you out of that too. Because <laughs> he's faithful. He's faithful. Listen, he's faithful. He is faithful. He is true. He is righteous. He's love. He is, and he tells you to live. I don't know what kind of prophecies you've had all of your life. Maybe people have spoken of you and said, you are not amount to anything. You, you made your own bed, you're gonna have to lay in it. Maybe you do, maybe you did. But you've got a word from him that he said to Jerusalem, he's saying it to you this morning, yes. live. Right. 
I saw you in your blood. I saw you when you were, 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 were nobody wanted. I saw you when you were naked and ashamed and afraid and nobody wanted. You're looking at yourself going, what am I going to do now? You're looking at kids. You're looking at your kids like you're a failure. You're going, oh, my God, I, they deserve better, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hemmed in. I don't know what to do right here in the middle of my situation. And you start seeing them act out a certain way, and you start to personalize that, putting it on yourself because you're thinking, they're that way because I made them that way because when I'm in the middle of that, they're seeing me, and what could I have done differently? And then condemnation starts creeping on you, creeping on you, creeping on you. And the Lord says, I saw you in your condemnation. I saw you in the middle of your, your, your nakedness. I saw you when you're trying to figure it out for yourself, and I'm telling you, in the pool of your own blood, I said, live. Live. You don't have to die. You can live. You don't have to lay there. You can live. I need you to muster up enough belief to trust me that even though you can't even move out of your situation, I'm going to move you out of your situation. Even though you don't even know the next step, I am the next step. Even though you don't even know where to turn, turn to me. And if nothing seems to be happening, trust me that something is still happening. Even if it looks like I don't hear you, I'm hearing you. Even if it looks like I'm not pushing anything away, I'm pushing everything away. Because I'm storyboarding in this thing and I'm pushing this thing in place and I'm making the, the pieces all come together because when I come together and finally reveal it to you, I want you to know you're gonna have a crown on your head uh, you're going to have a crown on your head. You're going to be clothed in righteousness. And you're going to stand up and you're going to be able to look at your situation and say, you thought you were taking me down, but the Lord was taking me up. And you're going to know it's him. The people will think maybe you had something to do with it. But you're going to know if it was not for the Lord on my side, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it. Even though... Sorrow may last for a bit, right? Joy comes in the morning. Even though tears sometimes crawl falling down your face and you have no answers and your heart feels hollow and sorrowful and you're going, God, I don't even feel anything. God, where are you? And you may, he may not even give you a real epiphany answer at that moment, but you've got to know something on the inside of you says, live. Your kids deserve for you to live. You deserve for you to live. Your grandchildren that you don't even know that are here deserve for you to live. Lisa was holding Jackson when he came in, Lauren and Bradley's son. Jackson's just turned two, two and a half, he'll be three in December. Walking around, and I'm looking at that picture. And that picture was the first worship service that I didn't even really wanna do. And I'm looking at that church service. And I'm looking at that thing going, my God, there's 66 people in that building. She comes carrying Jackson in, and I look back there. Jackson wasn't in that picture, but Lauren was. And if Lauren was in that picture, guess who was in that picture? Amen. Jackson was in that picture. Yes. He wasn't even born yet. Wasn't even thought of yet. Or he better not have been, I don't think. <laughs> right? But he wasn't born yet. Are you hearing me? He wasn't. So look at this. So in Lauren was Jackson. Jackson come walking in here into a building that we didn't even know existed when we started that thing. Yes. He said, Live. And the reason he says live is because what he has stored up for you, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, or entered into the heart of man what I've got prepared for you. You have no idea of the promises and the blessing and the joy that he's got stored up for you. Yeah, but I'm disqualified because I made all this mistake. Cut the cord. I don't, I don't, feel, I don't feel worthy. Cut the worthiness cord. I'm not faithful. I've made some bad. Cut the cord. 
I'm subject to my environment. Cut the cord. You don't know what I've done in my life. Cut that cord. I've, made, I've gone through some point of, I've passed some points of no return. I can't undo what I've done. Cut the cord. I've burned some bridges. Cut the cord. I made a mess of the last one. Cut that cord. I'm reaping what I sowed. Cut that cord. Why don't you want to reap what he sowed? Cut it. Cut the cord of human performance and your own worthiness and your own intellect and your own ability to make your own decisions. And no, don't cut that cord. Cut the cord of putting pressure on you to make everything fixed and right. Cut that cord. Cut the cord that you're getting older and years are passing you by. Cut that cord. I messed it up so many times, I don't even feel like I got the energy to do it. Cut that cord. I don't know how to balance life. I'm called into ministry. I'm called into my job. My life's going fast, and, and I don't know how to get And I feel like I'm neglecting all my kids. I'm neglecting all the people around. Cut that cord. How do I do it? I gotta, it's, it's gotta, it's, I've gotta, yes, you do have to do it. But if you get you doing it and God blessing it, you're gonna miss it. You need God's blessing and then you do it. Yeah. You don't get the cart before the horse. You don't have, it's not the tail wagging the dog. It's the Lord's doing. Get him in his proper place. Live from a place of live. Then all these things will be added to you. The church is completely out of order for some reason, and I've been a part of preaching that message and living that message, and I still do it to this day, trying to find myself every day living life and to manage the tension and the, the battle between my human effort and the Lord blessing. Because faith without works is dead. But if you think you're gonna work to get faith, you're out of your mind. Settle the issue this morning. Settle it. You gotta cut the cord. Cut the cord to what? To my self-help, my self-focus, my self-rightness, my self-dependency, my self-reliance, Because the best yourself is going to do is in your own pool of blood, naked and ashamed. But while you're in it, listen to the voice of the Lord that says, while you were in it, I walked by you and I saw you in your own blood. I saw you in your emptiness. I saw you in your loneliness. I saw you in your despair. I saw you when you've been turned away from and people have disregarded you and turned on you and betrayed you. I, I see, I've seen you in your hurt. I've seen you in your tears, your pain. I've seen all that. And I'm telling you, in the midst of all of that, live. Yeah. I don't know how to live. The first step is embracing his living. Who is he? I can't tell you any more clearer this morning. 
He's faithful. I can tell you story after story after in the Bible. It doesn't always look pretty because blood's not pretty. Nakedness is not, not a good place to be sometimes. But in the midst of all of that, he still says live. When you're stripped of everything, live. When you don't feel like living, live. What I'm saying, don't you lose focus. Don't you lose hope. Don't you lose your determination on him. When you can't breathe, you know good and well he's got your breath. When you know you can't walk, he's got your next step. When you know you don't even know what the next day looks like and the overwhelming depression and anxiety and all these things start, oppression, everything starts hitting you left and right, you just gotta know, I, I can't move it. I don't know what to do to get rid of it, but I know this, he said live. If you can't muster up anything other than the fact is, God, you said for me to live. If you can't say anything, you can't see anything, just know in your heart, God said for me to live. And in that relationship, in that connection, that is the beginning of your faith. And as your faith takes hold, something on the inside of you starts coming alive. You won't rely on your old way. You won't rely on your own condition. Your circumstances will not be able to hold you down. If the grave couldn't hold him, if the cross couldn't keep him down, you think your situation is gonna stop him from bringing you out of death into life? No way. He's gonna bring you. He is faithful to the end. You may not see the end yet, but you're gonna be seeing it soon. Why? Because, and we always look at the end because we're hoping here it comes back. Jesus, hurry up and come back to get us out of here. I want him to come back too, and he's coming back. But until he comes back, I gotta live. He deserves for me to live. He deserves for you to live. If he gets less than us living, the cross doesn't get what it's paid for. The Lord just said fear has gripped so many in here. You're afraid of losing. You're afraid because you're, you're, you're just, you're, you fear, just afraid. You're afraid of what tomorrow holds. You're afraid of, you don't even trust yourself. You're afraid of your own self. And the Lord says, I did not give you that spirit of fear and timidity. I gave you the spirit and the power of power, love, and of a sound mind. Live. Cut the cord of fear. He said, there's some of you in here that are full of shame because you did everything they said you did. You did it. And, and, and they, you even did more than what they said. You just didn't get caught. He says, so shame has hit you. So you're willing to take on whatever they throw at you because, just because you feel like you deserve the worst. And the Lord says, you do deserve the worst in your own blood. But cut the cord. Expect the best. Expect favor. Expect a turn. Expect to see him in the midst of your situation and circumstance. He said, he didn't, he didn't put that shame on you. He didn't put fear on you. There's some in here you're experiencing some good time right now. And you're waiting on something to happen because it's almost too good to be true. So you're feeling like a panic, a, a little bit of anxiousness. Because you feel like, I don't deserve 
what I'm experiencing. And the Lord says, live. Quit worrying, quit being anxious. Live. The Lord says, tell them this. Tell them to look for my ways. Tell them my ways aren't the ways they think they are. They think I'm not in the midst of their turmoil. But sometimes I will allow that turmoil to be created so I can reveal myself to them and move them into the place I want them to be so they can live. They didn't realize they were dying in their current state. It was just a slow death. So I allowed circumstances to happen and people to come in to change that circumstance so they wouldn't die. And now I've, I've removed all those obstacles. I pushed them through the process. I've led them through the valley. And now they've come up on the other side. And now I'm telling you to live. Understand that the promises of the Lord are yes and amen. And they're for me and they're for you. Bow your heads and close your eyes real quick, if you don't mind. I just heard the Lord again. Somebody in here, and maybe more than one, you have lived a life of condemnation. You're just, you're, you just cannot forgive yourself. The guilt, the weight of the world is on your shoulders because you really feel responsible. If you don't make every right move, things are gonna fall apart for you. And you're thinking that you gotta please the Lord by doing everything right. Well, the Lord wants to bless you. He wants to remove that, 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 that pressure so you can make right decisions out of ease and not out of the pressure. He says, but the first thing you have to do this morning is you've got to remove the guilt and the condemnation of your sin. And some of you are still feeling the, the effects of your sin in your life. And you feel so responsible, you've not let him cut that cord of your old way of life and embracing the new way. And I'm gonna count to three. And if you still feel condemned and have been carrying condemnation, even though you've been to the altar and maybe had your sins forgiven, but you still walked up and three or four days later, you picked them back up again because you still feel the guilt of them. I'm talking about getting rid of all condemnation and walking in a new way and cutting the cord of the dead, condemned life. If that's you, I'm gonna count to three and I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. I see hands everywhere. 